0: Welcome to Words of Wisdom. On this podcast, we interview some of the most influential people in the world to uncover how they became the best so that we can help you understand how you can become the best. What's up, everybody? Grant Wise here. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be launching the first official episode of Words of Wisdom, and I am so excited to start with none other than my dear friend, Mr. Evan Luthera. Evan, thanks so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Grant, for having me here. I'm also very grateful that you've chosen me as the first guest of the show, and hopefully we can add some value to the people who tune in and listen to this podcast.
0: Let's do it, man. I'm excited, I'm excited. So you have, uh, you're a young guy, man, you've you've led an incredible life, and to get started, I'd love if you just share a little bit of your story. How did you get to where you are today? Uh,
1: so yeah, I mean, I have a pretty interesting story. Uh, it starts by basically doing what I love, me doing what I love. And that's what I always tell people is in life. If you want to be successful, always focus on doing and working on whatever you love. Uh, so how did I get where I am today? Just to give you a small background about myself. I'm an angel investor and parallel entrepreneur. Uh, I work with, and I launched my incubator fund startup studio where I work with non-tech entrepreneurs like yourself. Uh, And we build companies from the ground up and we mostly use technology to solve an existing problem in any industry. And uh, that's how we grow. I mean, today through Startup Studio, I have built and invested in over 100 plus different, I have equity in 100 plus different startups um, and about 30 plus of them we've incubated ourselves, putting in our own time. Um, And the combined marketing of the companies is over tens of billions of dollars today. We have tens of millions of users across 20 or two dozen plus countries uh so yeah that that's 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 a small gist how did i get here i mean i started pretty early man i remember when i was about 12 years old um, i started writing a blog for uh, this blogging platform called pulse which is linkedin's blogging platform now so i started writing a blog on pulse and it was it was mostly curation so i would curate the best topics about uh different different tech tech topics that was going on at the tops so i was always at the cutting edge of what was actually happening in technology and then my, my blog had a quarter of a million readers. Um, so I then decided to make an app for that blog uh, because Apple announced that they were coming out with the app store. And I was like, I need to have an app for my blog. And that's how I was literally one of the first hundred guys to get into making apps for the iPhone. Uh, built about 30-plus apps, uh, which went on to have tens of millions of different users. I had millions of users before uh, before I turned 17. Um, when I was 16, I built the first FIC Cricket World Cup that happened in 2011. Uh, that was by far the largest watch sporting tournament of all time. Um, and I built the app and launched it even before ICC launched their own app. So everybody was going and downloading my app. It was the number one app in... Uh, Australia, in India, in the UK, wherever, in Bangladesh, Pakistan, wherever people play cricket. Uh, build that first app for Delhi Metro, which is a subway in India. Again, was the first app. Now there's hundreds of apps out there for the Delhi Metro, but I was the first one in there. Uh, basically, yeah, build the first app for the Dubai subway. Uh, a lot of different interesting projects. that, but, And always just focus on adding value for people, right? I mean, I was finding opportunities. I was finding... Um, problems that I could solve for people around me using this newly acquired skill of building apps. And then we basically saw, I mean, anybody listening to this can realize like the life that we had before the iPhone, and the life that we have now, I mean, everything we do from how we play, how we eat, how we even call a taxi, what we're going to eat, where we are, everything has changed. Everything is through apps now. Apps run our world as much as we know. So I had an amazing opportunity to get early into them. Uh, then I went on from, uh, from um, making these apps and I had my first exit when I was 17, uh, made a couple million from that and did what I understood best was to invest it back, most of it back into technology. So uh, I, got, I got pretty good uh, public traction around that. So the first investment I made was in ease.com, which I still hold my shares. They're worth over hundred times what I paid for them. Um, so it was Uber from marijuana. I was the first investor in ease. And today ease is one of the biggest, fastest growing companies in the U.S. In uh, over 100 cities, they were worth about half a billion. Uh, so, I mean, I, I invested in them and I was like, I'm really good at this stuff. So, that's what I decided I'm going to keep investing and making more investments. The next nine investments after Ease didn't go as planned. They all failed. But, I mean, the, the point is Ease had already gone on to like, fortunately, was an amazing choice and had already paid for the next money many other investments um and then during this time after i sold my company i mean i i also uh developed an app for the uh, google google came to india for the first time they had the google uh, g days in india which is like the google io event that happens in the us and in india there're 50000 people coming to see live these events in like the five major cities in india in person like that that's the hot, that's the quantity of people that were out there and i was there at the event and i i built the app for that event for the google g days and the head of Google India, the managing director of Google India, he came to me and he said, uh, I love what you're doing and he wanted to put me on stage. So he put me on stage, he opened the keynote and he's, then he goes on there and he says, if a 17-year-old kid can build apps, why can't you build apps? They were basically using me to market Android as an as an, as an alternative platform to iPhone at that time and they wanted more developers. So this was a developer-focused event like the G, uh, Google I/O is. Um, and so that's what so they were using me as a marketing tool, which ended up pushing me out of everywhere. I mean, after I stepped off that stage, I got invited to give a half a dozen TED Talks uh, in a bunch of universities, a bunch of, uh, I spoke for Nielsen, uh, 3000 people in front of Nielsen, all MBAs, three times my age, uh, guys running companies and they were asking me for advice on how they can use mobile technology in their businesses. And uh, fast forward a few years, I mean, as today I've spoken at hundreds of events live in person, And yeah, most of my time today is basically giving back to the people, inspiring them by speaking in person. Because I also, I I like that a lot more than the online classes and Zoom classes. And uh, basically because that allows me to travel all to different places. I've been to 60 plus countries and I find opportunities everywhere I go. So it's a two in one. I can give back to people, share my knowledge and at the same time also find new opportunities for myself and my incubator. While I'm traveling, um, and yeah, I've been doing this for a while now, um, and it, it's from, it's great. And I, along the way, I invest in my passions, in things I enjoy, and companies that I'm passionate about. I have mostly we use technology to go into a space. We work with partners like uh, like Grant here, or Strategic Advantage, like for example, Grant. You have it in the in the real estate marketing space. So we use technology and build companies like Whitley, uh, but in in different industries. Uh, and today that that's takes most of my time, but along the way I invest in stuff like I have a vodka company, I have a cannabis wave company. So anything that I'm passionate, which I think I'm solving, I'm always solving my own problems. Like everywhere I go, I'm just in Tulum right now in Mexico and I'm seeing that there's such a huge issue to pay with cashier. Uh, it's, it's really a struggle. These guys don't have, don't accept digital payments at all whatsoever. And I'm a guy who got into Bitcoin and in pretty early too. I bought my first Bitcoin in 2015, 2014 when I first got it and I purchased it first in 2015 myself. Uh, and it was under $500 at that time. And well, we're looking at $50,000 today. And that was also again, because I was traveling and I, well, I was staying in six months in San Francisco at that time. And I, and I found out, and I mean, today I'm, I'm into crypto and I, I'm in Tulum and I, I know, and I have all this knowledge about financial tech and how decentralized finance is coming over and taking over the world. And I'm seeing how are these people living all this way in the past? Like there's a city one of the most expensive cities in the world I've been to, where people are spending five grand a day on average to have the, have the lifestyle that the city is known for. And it's a struggle to pay. So I'm here now, we're just investing in a company called Tolumpe. To do, this, to do this venture here, to allow them to enable digital payments for people to have a much smoother experience. Because that's what technology really does end of the day, right? I mean, is to it provides a convenience, it provides a better user experience. Uber was not a revolutionary idea. I mean, it was a simple way to call a taxi, is the picking up the phone, you use your phone and you, uh, you press a button and it comes there. But the impact it had, it basically disrupted the whole taxi industry as we know it all over the world, because not only did it make it smoother for the customer, but it also removed a lot of barriers, made it a lot more free market. And now there's no more mafias involved. in Until the taxi mafia, they couldn't find them here. But like most of the places in the world, the mafia can't get away with charging the high prices. And I think that's just another example. We actually launched our own Uber for Dominican Republic. Uh, We actually launched our own Uber for Dominican Republic market. Uh, which, is, um, which is doing well too. Uh, I launched it there with one of my very good friends, Kareem Abunaba, who's running for president of that country. He has probably one, uh, millions of followers. The country only has 10 million people. So a lot of part of the country actually follows him and knows him in person. So the play there is his strategic advantage with marketing and our expertise in building technology, build this partnership where we build this app in Dominican Republic. It was number one in three days after its launch, just through his marketing and without even spending zero dollars on actual advertising dollars. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing today, mate. I mean, meeting partners like Kareem, like yourself, who are involved in building, uh, have a lot of strong strategic expertise and who can solve great problems using technology.
0: I love it, man. I know that, uh, we've, we've definitely become, uh, your company as well It's just been influential, really massively influential in helping Whitley get to where it is today. And we're excited to continue that trend. But I've I've definitely seen firsthand how you come into uh companies that are technically challenged. But if you can solve that technical problem from a development standpoint, it can really help them grow and uh and excel. So what I gotta ask, you know, you're 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 very young, like 13, 14-ish, when you start to write a blog and start to put a lot of your uh input into the technology world. How, <laughs> Who who was coaching you up? I mean, who who was? What, did people think you were crazy? Like, okay, who's going to listen to this kid? Like, give me a little bit of that story because I'm sure you probably battled a little bit of that. Like, I mean, it was it was never
1: about me um, doing something out to make money or even to like uh, you know doing something I didn't want to do. I mean, I could have easily gone and played cricket or baseball or, or like basketball uh, if I wanted to, and I was doing some of that stuff too. I was also horse riding and stuff. But I spend most of my time during my childhood, as you say, in these, in these preteen and teenage years, doing what I loved. And, uh, and a big part of what I love is entrepreneurship, is, is solving problems. I'm a very opportunistic person, so I'm able to see opportunities everywhere I go. I think we are blessed with opportunities in this world. And there's so many problems that we can fix. And, and then I also had the bug love for technology. Uh, that happened a little bit because my dad, who's an entrepreneur himself, um, inspires me. inspired me as being my biggest idol. And on top of that, I mean, he started a call center that failed, uh, that didn't go as it planned because he got scammed by the CEO he put in place when, he was, when I was that age. Um, and the call center didn't work out. So I was young, I was 12, 13 years old. and I was going to his office and I was playing on all, there were 200 computers lying around because, well, the office was shut, but the computers were still there. So I was playing with all of those computers. And, I, and that's why I got also entrusted more and more into technology. And, and then I realized well, and I mean, technology grows exponentially, right? Most people fail to understand this, that technology doesn't grow linearly like most other industries, because most other industries grow 20, 30% a year. Uh, and that's great, that's a great year for them. Uh, if they grow that level, but technology is 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 one is one industry where you can go 100x in under three years if you play your cards right because you build an app one, you build a platform once and if it's if it's a software as a service for example like Whitley you can sell it to a billion people on the internet and they all can get value out of it so technology has that potential to grow exponentially and now we're seeing it's it's growing even more and more and it's growing even better and the more the once you reach that J curve then it's a hockey stick growth then you basically, once you've found the product market fit, you've found uh, how your product works, then you can easily hit that J-curve and scale really fast. And I was involved in fast-growing technologies uh, from a per- very early stage, and it was exciting. It was exciting to be involved in these technologies. I was one uh, of the first 10 people in the world who got access to the Google Glass, right? To be able to build on such a, f- I mean, Google Glass was too early for its time. That's why we don't see it around anymore. But to be able to build on such an amazing product that, you can wear and it's it's augmenting augmenting the reality around you. Now we talk about VR and AR is pretty accepted. I've invested in multiple VR, AR companies now. Uh, But at that time, it 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 was the vision that the guys inside Google had to bring something out like that, right? And it's still used in enterprises. It was just an accepted well in the market, but it was exciting to work on technologies like that. And if you see how Apple has progressed, how Samsung and Android have progressed, we've seen so many amazing changes. We have seen our lives become so much easier. They can track so much. I mean, now the Apple Watch can even predict you're going to have a heart attack before you have a heart attack, right? I mean, (laughs) this this, this is all interesting stuff to me. And it's always about that. I, I was young and I had all the free time in the world, but I was always doing what I wanted to do, which was to solve these problems around me. And I made an app for my school. I made an app for the society where I live in. I wasn't getting paid from these guys and there's not going to be more than a few thousand users from these apps anyways because in my school that was the max students and in my society it's even less than a couple hundred people but I was like hey I can solve this and make this problem that they're facing between communication with each other as part of an organization uh, better and sharing of data better and that's why I built this platform right and these apps became I mean they taught me a lot I mean these apps were never really going to be successful but those apps taught me what worked and what didn't work and then I went on to build many more successful apps
0: so how, who taught you how to build apps from young age do you just teach yourself or did you just become infatuated with
1: them? everything I know is from the internet like internet has been my biggest mentor you can say. I mean, I don't know how to define it, but like everything I know is has been from the internet. I mean, if you really go out there, I think all the knowledge in the world is free actually today with the internet access to quality knowledge has become very much free in access to information is become very much free. So you can go on forums and you can post questions and some, some of the best experts with tremendous experience will come and reply to you and they'll do it for free. So you don't need to go to a Harvard or Stanford anymore to get the best experts in the world. I mean, you can even see there, they, even they have went online now, even they have classes online actually. So, but even at even that time, I'm talking about almost 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, I'm 26 now, uh, over 10 years ago, all this information was also available online and the best experts would answer for free. I mean, what most people don't do is they never ask, right? I mean, one thing I learned in my life, very important is always ask because, the worst case scenario is people can say no. And that's all. So I was always open to asking. I asked a lot of people for advice and I was able to get that advice pretty easily. So, and everything I know is from the internet. So there was, yeah, there was no formal education. I mean, even after I, after I turned 18 and I'd already sold my company and I just graduated. In India, there's a lot of pressure that you have to go to university to get a degree, you know. And I mean, I actually went to a summer school, I mean, uh, University of California for like a week, three weeks. And I was like, these guys haven't even updated the curriculum. They're still teaching what so as because the curriculum hasn't updated as fast as technology had grown. They were teaching me even stuff like that's lower level that I would need to build apps. I already knew all of that already. So I mean, even today, universities are quite outdated with how fast, even me, somebody who is involved in investing in technology companies, building in technology companies, the, it, the industry is growing so fast, even I cannot keep up. So there's no way um that the universities who are not even plugged into these networks that i'm in are able to keep up and update their curriculum to support what's actually happening right now in the technology space because people don't realize this like how the world is changing around them they don't Mm -hmm. realize at all how much uh how advanced technology has become and how systems are being disrupted and processes and organizations and whole industries are being disrupted at such a fast
0: pace Since I've known you, you've always had this just massive mindset. You've always had this just really expansive thinking. You've had this big, like the first time you and I interacted with each other, you were sponsoring the G5 summit. (laughs) Presidents and world leaders and those different types of people were coming together. And you were like, yeah, I'm a sponsor of the event. And I was just sitting here thinking like, why? Like what's going on at these events that you need to A, as a very young guy, I mean, I don't remember, I think, what are you, how do you now, you're 26.
1: I turned 26. You're
0: you're 26. So we met when you were like 19, 20, you weren't very old. And I'm sitting here thinking like, why is this guy, he's like a kid. Why is he investing in these G5 summits? Like, what is the, what's the goal here? Who's he trying to get around? And it was a huge lesson for me. But I say all that to say, like, what has, what has constantly been that factor for you. You've always had this massive mindset since I've known you think big, move fast, do big things, spend lots of like invest lots of capital. Like what's driven that for you? I mean, see, I was
1: always trying to see like, um, like I said, I'm an opportunist, right? I mean, what I realized is, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the room for sure. Most in the most rooms I'm in. So I need to surround myself with people who are more smarter than me, have more expertise, have more knowledge and have done big and, and greater things that I, that I want to do. Right. So, I mean, and that's why, I mean, the idea behind sponsoring the G20 summit in Turkey and Antalya that happened in that time G20, was, yeah. was, was because I wanted to be able to be get in front of these heads of States to get in front of these there was the 20 biggest presidents and the heads of States. they were all there. I want to be able to get in front of them and understand from them how are they running an organization? Cause running a government is like running a business. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most of the governments are failing today at running it successfully. <laughs> <laughs> right, money, and that's why Bitcoin is going to the moon. But like, uh, to be able to understand from these guys, to be able to around them, I mean, even if you just speak nothing, you will gain so much value. And then you place yourself in networks like this, so opportunities come your way. Opportunities don't happen; you have to create opportunities, right? So you can't expect to sit in a room, read it with your laptop turned off, with no access to the internet, and think the opportunity will come your way. That's not how it works. You need to create them and then find them. And the reason behind sponsoring that event was to get access to an event of that stature. And to be honest, I mean, I I skip my birthday every year for the last six years. I only, this is the first year that I actually ended up celebrating it with people because I skip it every year because, uh, well, also because I I think uh, I celebrate happy birthdays every day. You should celebrate Mm -hmm. day. But mostly because I, I, my birthday overlap with the world economic forum that happens in Davos. And I I have been to hundreds of events myself as a speaker and as a chief guest. But this event is like where basically the hundreds of heads of states, the CEOs, the biggest fortune founder companies, the most fast growing startups, they all come. I've met the CEO of Uber literally in the line to the code check to give you a call to enter into a networking event. I mean, this one city turns into like the most hot of the most educated and the most influential and the most smartest people and the most religious people in the world in that one week. So I skip it every year to go there just to be able to get inspired by these people and hear it firsthand, their experiences of how they have done things. And I think that's how I, what I know today is through all these experiences is because I am always keep educating myself and starting myself. And I mean, all these times I've skipped it. I mean, these people have come back to me tremendously multiple times over. And this, this ability to actually sponsor even the event. Now, you wouldn't be able to go and sponsor the G20 if you didn't know people, even if you mm-hmm. wanted you just can't get access and that level of security clearance to be around presidents and heads of states. Unless right. Like,
0: <laughs> There's not a number got, you can call to do that. That's right.
1: Exactly. So I got that opportunity because I met somebody in Davos who was already uh, influential and that's how I got that opportunity. So, you know, that, it, it plays back. So it, 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 it comes back in rewards. And then at G20, I met somebody else who ended up I mean, investing in a company with that ended up going about 15X that my investment in under two years. So that, I mean, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm always focused on creating these opportunities and putting myself in the right networks because even though today there is so much information right now, we've reached this level of misinformation now. So mm-hmm. most people are being turned into sheeps and unfortunately, uh, media, the new media is being used as a weapon of mass deception. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people are being, I mean, with the whole COVID and Corona, I don't want to go into that topic, but just to give you an idea that there is so much misinformation flying around right? Here's somebody's mm-hmm. claiming that Bill Gates started it, then there's somebody else is claiming the vaccines are fake, somebody's claiming some China. I mean, there is no way. So you want to be able to do your own research and you be able to get and hear different opinions and then make your own judgments, and do your own thinking. Most people don't do that today. They open up the new TV and the newspaper and believe whatever it says. And uh, so I, I, don't do, I don't believe in that because in 2017, I actually end up, uh, I have a crypto investment bank, uh, Yoko, where we actually take projects to market on, public, on crypt, public crypto markets, and we raised money for them. And then it's mostly like an investment bank, but for the crypto markets. And we raised over hundreds of millions of dollars for our projects, delivered a 10X return to our investors already in the first project that we took to market, and doing some, some amazing projects right now, even better returns. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, uh, but I spent so much money during that time buying up media that I was being offered by these media companies. Here, you don't have to buy an advertisement anymore. We'll give you editorial content. Right. So that, I mean, for a little bit more, and they all only cared about the money. So, I mean, that's, that's what I want people to understand that you've got to think for yourself and to be able to think for yourself, you're going to stop listening to program media and start asking the right questions. It's very important to even know and learn the ability to ask the right question. Cause that's only the way you can find the right answers.
0: How did you, how did you learn that skill? Cause I agree 1000% that asking the right questions is uh, one of the, the greatest ways to get where you want to go. And I want to know, like, just from a curiosity standpoint, how did you develop that mindset? Like, was, did your parents foster this in you? Did you learn it by failing a few times? Like how did you start learning to ask the right questions?
1: I mean, the first thing is, like I said, already in this interview, is you got to ask, right? So you're going to ask a lot. So don't be scared of asking. Most people are already too scared of asking. You want to remember one thing. If you don't ask, you don't get in life, right? So unless the other party knows what you want, they're not gonna be able to give it to you. So you are, this is an ability you develop over time, like most skills, like most abilities in life is, is, is you put into practice. And I have asked a lot of people in my time, a lot of different questions and all the knowledge I could glean from them. And that's why I also, one of my other habits is probably try to never eat alone. I never like to eat a meal alone because I, I like to use that time to be with somebody and then probably learn from that person by able to talk to him and understanding his experiences, his wisdom, and his, what the things he has learned in life. So I never try to eat alone. And that's how I also use my time for eating more fruitfully to gain more value. And uh, it, I mean, I like to pay for a lot of dinners, invite friends always. And this all pays back. It all pays back, right? I mean, you connect people, it pays back you see other people asking other people things and even those things you learn from even that. I mean, this is a skill you learn from is the, the two things, is exposure and is by practice. So you've got to start learning to ask what you want and ask generally to increase your knowledge. And then, I mean, you build a, you build a skill. You actually want to have to have the will also, right? You also want to have to have the will to grow. You want to have that ambition, you want to have, if you don't have that, then you, if you're content already where you are in life, you're probably not going to want to get off your comfort zone. I try to get at my, com- I'm very, very comfortable in my life where I am. I don't have to worry about my day-to-day expenses. I don't have to worry about, I could retire. I could basically retire right now. And, uh, but I, I still, I still push myself to achieve even more and do even more. And that's because I want, uh, I want more. I, I want to make a bigger impact. I want to leave a legacy behind where I, I, I know that I've changed this world and made it a better place than I entered it. Right. So, so that, that's why you want to, you want to have that. And then you want to be able to ask people to help you get to your vision. And that's how you build that ability. And I think, like I said, exposure plays a big role too. So the more you're exposed to the more you can imagine and the more better you can be. I mean, a lot of those things I know today is through my exposure of traveling to all these different cultures and, and having that view and seeing how different people live life very, very differently. And they all, there's nobody wrong. and There's nobody right. It's just a different choice of life. Right? I've, I have the exposure of being in China and seeing people eat dogs all day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. An American person who loves dog was not, was not able to digest that fat. So then they start becoming racist and stuff. I mean, so the, the idea here is that people in China also have a lot that we can learn from. They're very efficient. They're extremely efficient at what they do. That they extreme efficiency going on for them. That's why they're the manufacturing capital of the world. Uh, I mean, I spent three months in China when I was 16 on an internship, where I basically uh, uh, saw how the, I mean, the factories are pretty much almost like people, the employees don't even leave the factory zone. They just stay there and they get a project and they work three months nonstop and get something out there. And you see them on punctual, on time, efficiency level is crazy. It's off the charts. (laughs) I've never never been exposed to something like that anywhere else. You go to a place like Dominican Republic, and the people are so loving, they're so happy, and, they, they, wanna, and they, they love you a lot. And then that's a different exposure you get. You go to Australia and you see it a whole different level where people don't wanna work after 5 p.m. They chill on the beach, that's it. So they, well, I mean, they stop working at 4.35 and they just go chill on the beach. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Doesn't matter if they're successful or not. And then you see that the government right now, Australia, for example, is giving free money, $1,500 to per person. And there's four people in the family that are giving you like six grand uh, a month just to chill during COVID and not to go anywhere. And people are happy. And I think that's the culture that's come up there. So being exposed to all these different cultures also helps me a lot. And that's that. then you can implement those skills in your, in your business. I mean, a great example from traveling and seeing all these cultures made me realize one important thing is that when you're building a truly a global product, there's no way you can have a user experience that has not gone through a process of working through multiple iterations, right? Because if you ask like 100 guys in a room, design a watch, all hundred will design a different watch. There'll not be two people who come up with the same style of the same watch. And you ask a hundred people to design some spectacles, they'll all design a uh, different spectacles. So it's the same thing. Like, so uh, now, when we do design, so we said, I set up this design process, which actually went through with Whitney too. If you remember, yep. we actually have multiple designers, all of them design the product. Then we say, I like the profile page from this guy and the menu page from this guy, but I like how this guy did the home screen. So i this guy did this payments in the setting page. So, I mean, you can pick and choose. This was a process I, I came up with after going through this journey of seeing and realizing that, Hey, everybody's different. Everybody has different mindset. Everybody has different outlooks. And when it comes to something like creativity in your business, you want to be able to inculcate all of those different aspects to be able to get the best product out there. So that's just one example. And I mean, through every, I mean, through my exposure is how I build my knowledge too. And my it's my, how I build my experience too is by being exposed to different cultures and different people. Like, um, you come to Tulum and you will see, like, I mean, I've been to 60 countries, I don't say this lightly. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I mean, the hotels here that they have built is legendary. I mean, it's, it's another level. It's so interconnected. You don't know if you're inside or outside ever. So, I mean, Azulik is the hotel that I'm talking about, for example, now, you never know if you're inside or outside because they have no electricity. It all works with candles. It put 10,000 candles every day. So you can imagine the mission that they're on to light up the whole place and you're living above the trees. There's no ground floors. There's no second third floors. They put you up in nests above the trees. So it's like a, you feel like a bird, you know, it's it's like you're above the trees and you see all all the way the horizon. So it's interesting concepts. You haven't, I have never seen this before. And I've, I've, I've been doing over 100, 120 flights every year for the last five years before COVID. And it's the first time I'm seeing something like this. So you can imagine how much there is more to see and how much you can be exposed to further to realize how different people are living in a very, very completely different world. So I want to talk
0: about, I want to talk about money for a second because I think that there's, there's a really important mindset to have around money. A lot of people would hear what you're saying and, and think, oh my goodness, this guy's spending so much money. How is he doing this? And I know that, you know, even from a very young age, you've always had this this open mindset when it comes to investing money and in deploying capital. But somebody, somebody, somebody that's listening to this, thinking like, "Oh man, I can never be me. I only have this much." You know, have you ever had that restrictive or limited type mindset? How can somebody open their mindset about money and and travel and and creativity and exposure the way that you have if they feel like maybe right now that's not what their life is 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 about or that they have that ability.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you got to remember, like, I mean, obviously, I don't know that somebody who's 18 and watching this and somebody who's 40 and watching this obviously have different responsibilities in life, right? I'm, I'm still young. Uh, I don't have any responsibilities per se. I'm only responsible for myself. Uh, so I don't have any kids. I don't have, I don't have a significant other. So uh, I'm single and I'm young. And I mean, I'm, now I've reached a point where I have, don't have to worry about basic things and emergency expenses. I've had emergencies where I had to, uh, liquid half a million in a night to be able to take care of the emergencies and I can do that but like I, I didn't start here I mean you got to remember I didn't start here, but I've always Loved traveling. I've always today. You can travel I mean if you're talking about how you you can also go to Tulum and go don't have to live in this well like, You can have to spend a thousand dollars start to start to live in a, in a room You can go there and spend twenty dollars and enter it and get the same exposure while you can live some 40 minutes outside the city so I'm not so it's it's, yeah. the only thing after money does is see money is a tool. You have have to change how you think about money. Most people don't even understand money today. That's the first big thing is 99% of people I can say this very confidently do not understand money today. So today, as we're doing this call, just two hours ago, there was a notification that passed, popped up on my phone. The Senate just passed Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion plan. So where is this $1.9 trillion coming from? Most people would not be able to answer that question. It's coming from um, money that has been printed by the Federal Reserve, which is a private entity, which is a private entity. It's not a government organization. It's a private entity, which has and then this has been pushed into the markets. This is money that is debt owed by the U.S. citizens. That is owed by the U.S. citizens. Most people don't understand how the finance works today, and even me, even me, somebody who works so much in finance, I've invested in fintech companies don't understand it so much because it is so complex. They have built all these financial structures around to, from leverages to derivatives, to be able to sell assets that people don't even hold options and calls. I mean, they've made it so complex for the average person that he doesn't understand. So the, the mindset, but what you can do is what you can do very easily is change your mindset about money. And always have this abundance mindset. I've always, I've been in positions where I did not have enough money to cover my next month's expenses, where I have, 200 staff. I couldn't be able to cover them. So, but I've always had the mindset. Hey, I can close another deal or this deal, or or exit this and do something where I can get that money. So, uh, it's always been that mindset. I still take the highest risks today. You wouldn't believe 95% of my capital is in high highly volatile investments. Uh, is that they can go? I mean, I'm in I'm in a space now where I also have. Uh, 90% of my liquidity is in highly volatile investments. I have a lot of illiquid assets in companies which are worth a lot of money, so I know that I'm, I'm, I'm okay for retirement, but I, I, even today, I already know where I'm investing my money before I get it. Because if you hold money in fiat currencies like US dollar, Indian rupee, or British pound, or Japanese yen, this, you're already losing the value of the purchasing power of that money. So you may have $100,000 in the bank today It's not the same, but it's going to be in a hundred and 10 years and a hundred thousand dollars, 10 years ago, used to go a much further along. It used to go much, much, much longer than it does today. That's because money loses value and money is a tool. It's a tool to get access to the things and resources and experiences that you want. So most people have the mindset about money as this important thing that they need to collect and save. And keep collecting and keep saving and have it saved for the next 10 years of the expenses and save it for retirement that is not how i look at money my mindset with money is something very different I, how can i use this tool to make more of this and how can i use this fun coupons to have make more of these and make more fun coupons and have a better lifestyle and upgrade my lifestyle you know and that and then and, and make a bigger impact how can i use it to make and enter into more disruptive markets. The reason why you see all these billionaires going into space exploration now is because, well, it requires that barrier to entry of having a bunch of money, and because they will reach the point where they've already solved a lot of the basic problems, and now they want to use their money to solve the bigger problems. Basically, leave Earth and go somewhere else. That's the kind of goals that you want to have. Right. So, I mean, and uh, that, so that's what I tell everybody, like, first try to understand how money came around. And I mean, we can even go a couple of minutes here into how and why blockchain and why blockchain and why cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin in generally are the future of finance. I think decentralized, the, the one best advice I can give anyone right now who is watching this is to go and look into decentralized finance. If your goal is just to make money and not, and not focus on what you love doing already, if your goal is to just make money, the number one way to make money right now is to enter the space of decentralized finance, which is called DeFi in short, and which talks about how currently all the systems are are centralized. So let let me, and why why, uh, DeFi is the future decentralized systems are the future. And this comes back to the point because let me ask how, how do we come around having banks and governments, right? We have banks and governments in place now because 300 years ago, 200 years ago, people started doing trade outside of the local villages or local cities. Somebody from USA wanna do business with somebody from India, like myself, and we wanna wanted, we wanted do trade, we wanna make something happen. Uh, well, India didn't exist too, sorry, that time ago, but it's basically that region, so we to do business with another region, uh, they would then need to, uh, they would need banks and governments in place to enable this transaction, a centralized authority that everybody would place trust in. To be able to manage these trades and manage these transactions and what's happened over the last few decades is these centralized institutions have become extremely corrupt so they now only want they're not public service anymore they only want to serve their friends and themselves so that's what we're seeing now in the world right now that's why the banks keep getting bailouts one after another and the ceos of the banks get big paychecks and big bonuses and have big yachts and big houses even though the bank has just gone under, so it 's because of uh, of exactly this is that a few people now control the whole financial system and they benefit themselves and they put the rules in place and and The average guy who's, who's watching this and he, he has no no say in it, he has no say, and he has no claim, and he cannot break into that into that market so Bitcoin is, is which is going to be the biggest wealth transfer ever changes that system it removes trust from the centralized authority and a bank and a government and places peer-to-peer trust. So if I trust you, Grant, and your wife trusts you and you trust me, then I can trade with your wife directly because you're acting as a currency, you're the trust. So, So now we trust each other. If we trust each other, then there's no need for a centralized institution. And using technology, using the technology of blockchain that allows us to create a system, which is immutable, which cannot be hacked, which cannot be changed. And nobody can change the data and nobody, all the transactions are there forever, forever to be verified with timestamp. And we, now this takes away the power. So we don't need these centralized institutions anymore. So this is a way to finally give power back to the people. This is a way finally to give power back to the people. Now people have a say in how they govern and how they are actually, how, how money is spent and how how, money moves around. And let me give you an idea. This is what's already happening and what's already happened. I believe you've already reached a point where that's, there's, that's the reason why the biggest CEO of company like JP Morgan, who used to call Bitcoin a scam in 2017 are not telling people to invest a significant portion of their portfolio into Bitcoin. That's why the biggest naysayers, a shock tank, Kevin O'Leary, who used to call Bitcoin a scam has just put 3% of his total asset net worth into Bitcoin. That's why, one of the biggest companies in the world, Tesla, which is bigger than all the other car companies combined, has put over over 10% of its current cash reserves, $1.5 billion into Bitcoin. Because they have realized is that they cannot stop it. They cannot stop an innovation so strong, so powerful, that it's gonna change the world in the best way we know. Because the time of US dollar as a global reserve currency is, is almost come to an end, because when they took away its backing by gold, which is also a shiny rock, which is unlimited in supply. I and mean, you don't really know how much supply there is of it. Uh, and Bitcoin is much better because it's, it's digital, it's limited in supply, easy to move. It's the digital gold, basically. The US dollar took away the gold standard in the 1970s. And, and since then, it's backed by nothing. It's just backed by the trust in the US government, which they get by going to wars and investing in military. Why do you think they spend so much more money to in military than education? They are not, they don't care about the people. If they cared about the people, they would spend money on education And they would spend money on uplifting the lives of the less fortunate. But they spent all this money on military because that's how they stay in power. That's how the elite stay in power is by holding the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. And that happened when they said all the oil in the world can be bought by U.S. dollar. And that's why there's all these sanctions in Venezuela because it has the most oil in the world. Uh, Most people listening to this probably would not know this already, that Venezuela has the most oil in the world. And that's why there's all these sanctions because Venezuela doesn't want to play by U.S. rules. So there's all these things going on behind the scene where the elite are trying to stay in power, but, but Bitcoin is going to take that power away from them. And cryptocurrencies in general, uh, NFTs is a new space, which is growing like crazy right now inside the world of blockchain, where you can, now, you can, you can buy assets, break them up in pieces, share them around, art you can buy. And then the, the, when the resale of the art happens, the artist who originally painted it gets a claim because the, the transactions are all happening on the blockchain, everything's being tracked and there's smart contracts in place. Now you can deal with smart contracts where, where something happens, the payment comes up automatically because the contracts are connected with the wallets of the buyer and the seller. So there are, now we're reaching the point we don't even need to have technology placed and takes away the roles of lawyers, the accountants, all these people, because it's, it's more efficient and it's a better form and you cannot stop innovation. You can only delay, but you cannot stop it. I mean, let me give you a good idea of how it's gonna change and how we know how the current market is gonna change for the average person too. let's say you have, I have three BMWs, right? Uh, let's say Grant, you have two Audis. I don't know what the cars you have, but let's say you have two Audis for the sake of this conversation. I have three BMWs. Now, right now, you, anybody comes to both of us and asks what's the best car to buy in the world, I would probably say buy a Rolls Royce. Uh, what would you say, Grant?
0: Uh, probably something like that Rolls Royce or I'm liking that new Lambo. Uh...
1: Exactly you so we always say the most yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Right. But now
1: let's say BMW comes out with its token and Audi comes up with a token and then they say, then they airdrop these tokens to their community, the people who are using their products. And then they say 10% of our revenue every year goes directly to the token holder instantly. And it's not like the managers are deciding in dividends, but it's instantly cut from the money that being collected. You know, you can buy a Tesla with a Bitcoin. So this is gonna happen already. So 10% of the payment on the spot, it happens, goes to all our token holders. And the token holders get to decide let, uh, how the money is being used after it's been collected, the rest of the profit that the company is making. So let's say I'm a token holder and then BMW comes and says, all, all, all token holders vote on should we invest our money into doing more research and development into a flying plane? Or should we do it into a, on a yacht? Or should we do it into making better bicycles? Somebody who likes to bicycle would say invest it into bicycles. Somebody like me who wants to do planes, loves to fly and loves yachts would say, Vote for both. Invest bicycle planes or yachts. Don't do bicycles. I I could even choose, right? So then the whole community is deciding together what they want and how they want to run it. The more tokens you hold, the more sayer you have. I mean, and I think that's the best way. And I think this will change industries. So what will happen next is now if somebody comes to, like I have a bunch of BMW tokens. You have a bunch of Audi tokens. Now somebody comes to us and say, what's the best car to buy? We'll probably, I'll probably say buy a BMW. You'll probably say buy an Audi because... Now you have become a part owner and a part manager in the business. For a business to be really successful, there are three stakeholders involved, is the user of the business, the manager of the business, and the owner of the business. Right now, the user wants the best product for the cheapest price, the manager wants to make the user and the owner happy, and the owner wants to get the most money without doing anything. But the incentives are not aligned. When you align the incentives of all three, then you see maximum growth in a business. So that's how, and that's how we are already seeing this blockchain enabling this aligning incentives of all the stakeholders using technology in a very strong way. And that's why I believe uh, we are in for a really, really um, strong disruption. And guys who don't know about this, they're in for a rude awakening because it's gonna come and then take them by the storm. Like they won't even know what hit just hit them.
0: That's, that's what incredible. I mean.
1: Like, technology is changing everything you're doing in life and all processes. And decentralized, and a lot of the world is run around finance, right? I mean, because money drives yeah. the world around. It's a tool, and the tool is used as like the fuel for the economy. So, I mean, but um, now with the world of decentralized finance, we're getting uh, people coming into now where current, current, like places in Switzerland, you have to pay interest to keep your money in the bank. That is crazy. That is crazy. Why would you <laughs> money and be your own bank with Bitcoin and not have to lose not only just on inflation, but actually gain because it's, it's limited in supply and nobody can manipulate it. No government can print more. No chairman of the Federal Reserve can decide how much he wants to print and how much he wants to flush in the economy because that's, that's not how, it, that's, there's no trust left in these
0: individuals. What I'm and, hearing out of all of this is that you have great vision great like foresight. I've heard it since, if we, like we recap your story back from when you were very young, you started doing things that nobody else was doing and getting access to things nobody else had access to uh, because you were adding value, you were solving problems, you were, you know, creating solutions and and you were helping people. And what I'm hearing you say now is that there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this that still don't understand, you know, entirely what it is that you're saying or you're talking about, but it sounds like you are still you're looking ahead to the future. You've got the foresight. You're innovating. You're solving problems. And you have a ton of patience. Uh, how, how are those things developed in people that maybe don't have some of those things? Patience, I believe, is a skill. And it sounds like you have a lot of it. Uh, vision and, and innovation and those types of things. It's all really exciting. I can tell you're passionate about it. How can I develop that if I'm listening to this and I'm, I'm thinking about next week? <laughs> I think you're, It sounds like you're thinking about 2030 and 2040. But how do, how, do I, how do I have that type of mindset? Give me, give me something that you, you've, so, you've experienced maybe that can help me.
1: So one of the things, like I said, is the best way to build that mindset would be to read books from people that inspire you that you know have done, achieved great things in life. An amazing book I can recommend you that I recently read was, this is for people who are just starting out and want to get started in life. It's called Principles by Ray Dalio, who's one of the best investment managers in the world. who manages- Multiple billions of funds. And he has great books in there that I have learned principles myself. And if you have principles in life and you follow them, you will always have success. So his principles are better because he's achieved all that success. And that's why it's a great book I recommend. The, the other book I can recommend is for uh, this would be now another is another mindset development it's for people who already have some sort of success. I've already done a little and achieved some money. It's called Dive at Zero by Bill Perkins. It changes your mindset about money and using it as a tool and doesn't tell you to save the changes the mentality from the saving one to using one and putting, having those experiences ahead of, you know, saving money for a future time that may or may not come, or you may not even know how it comes. So dive zero with Bill Perkins, out of, if you want to learn skills in business, out of war, like this is, this is a classic book out there for centuries. So, but it it, it still holds true today, Uh, out of war. So, I mean, books is an amazing way to go and learn and understand and, learn the, because books convey the mindset of the person who wrote that so then you can learn a lot from there and so and one thing i have to tell here is don't take advice from people you would not trade lives with so make sure you only read books and from people you would happily trade lives yes. with right now because in the world of misinformation there is so much misinformation out there everybody's trying to be an expert on the internet and is writing and talking stuff and is publishing an ebook these days it costs nothing to publish an ebook. So make sure you only read books and from people you would happily trade lives with. Uh, that's another thing I give along with this advice, so it's more useful. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not patient. So you're, you were you, wrong there that I'm not a patient person. <laughs> but I learned to use my impatience and build an ability there that I, that I do so many things. So while I'm waiting for something to happen, I focus my attention on something else. So then I focus on something else. So that's why I'm involved in many different stuff. So that's why i don't have to worry about my impatience so much because i use my other uh disadvantage or you could say is like i, I focus on a lot of different things so maybe a little bit of adhd right i've not been diagnosed with it but i think maybe i have it so so i can use that and combine them two then that while i'm waiting for something to happen i can focus my thing on another thing so i already have so much to do that you have all these things that you could do while you're waiting for something to happen so i'm a very impatient guy i like to have i'm like move fast. I need result. I'm a result oriented person. So I want to get to the results as fast as possible. The process is extremely important. Let's not forget that, but I'm a results oriented person. If the process leads to no results, uh, I consider that failure uh, and that's okay. And I think in, failure is very okay in life because you learn from your failure. I think the, I don't, I think the person only truly fails. If he gives up, if he stops trying, that's when you only achieve true failure. If you fall and you go back again, you become better and you can, you have higher chances of success the second time around. I think the only way you can truly not fail in life is to do nothing, be nothing and say nothing. That's mm-hmm. the only way you can actually be to prevent failure. So yeah, but I mean, if I, if I don't get the results, I believe that I failed and I'm a results oriented person. So then I learn from the failure, and go ahead. So I am actually an impatient person, but I've set up to this, 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 my life in a way where I have a dozen things to do at any given point of time. So whatever I'm waiting for to already happen, I can do the other thing in the meantime. Then I can do the third thing, and do the fourth thing. By this time, the other thing's already happened. So you want to understand your life better and find your disadvantages and use them to your benefit, mm. right? So that's what I would have to tell you. But uh, yeah, I mean, see, my, I always believe mindset is 99% of the game. So it's 100% about your mindset. And it's great that you're doing this podcast on this topic uh, is that I think if you have the right mindset, you can achieve anything in life. It's truly about that. I mean, it's all the challenges that you come across, be it money, like you said, or be it, uh, be it some educational skill, be it, be it something, uh, maybe some pressure, peer pressure, whatever it is, you can come across it if your mindset is there to support you. I do not believe that there are any challenges that I cannot do in this, my life because I build that mindset where I know that I can learn, I can be better, I can, I can sharpen. It may take me time, but it may cost me money to get there, but I can do it. I know that I can do it. It 's just a matter of me choosing to do it or not, and that's how that 's how I consider myself, and that also comes with a lot of self confidence that you want to build in yourself and self belief that you want to have in yourself and that also comes from uh, uh, is having these little wins along the way, right uh, having these little wins along the way and then appreciating and celebrating those wins too, you know so that you remember them hey i 've done this that 's why i'm i 'm good at this so i mean and then even there's a lot of different things that play into it, but to get, you should have the mindset of an achiever, of an entrepreneur. You shouldn't be scared of failure. You should be willing to take the highest risk. I, I'm one of the highest risk takers I know because I am not scared of failure. And I know if I go back to onto zero, I can start again. I can start again and build again, and I can do it in a very fast manner. It's not going to take me the same time it took me now to get where I am because I have all this knowledge and all this expertise and all this network and all these other resources that are built along the way. So whereas it took me so long to get where I am right now, I can do the same time now in much shorter time. Uh, But let me also, let me not, let me not, people take this as the wrong advice. I also want to also say here, most people underestimate what they can do in 10 years and Mm -hmm. overestimate what they can do in two years. Mm -hmm. So I say you're starting out, you already started and you have this big vision that you want to grow and go for, make sure you also give yourself time because I've seen this myself. I am much further along today than I'd imagined I would be in 10 years, 10 years ago. But in the first two years, I was nowhere along where I thought I'll be. That was 10 years ago. So like like I said, in technology it grows exponentially in life. Also it grows exponentially today. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on far more success than I didn't think I would have had. Uh, But now I know how it works. I've seen that. So now I know I just have to focus on creating value. And if you focus on creating value and adding value to other people's lives, you don't even have to focus about anything else. You have to focus on making money at all. Never focus on making money. Never run after money. You should always run after creating value for others. The more value you create for others, money is a byproduct of creating value. The more value you create for others, the more money you'll make for yourself, and the more fun you can have with it. So, the more you can grow, the more impact you can create with it. So, so that's that's how I that's how I see money and how how to get it. Also, and um, like I think, I mean, it's it's easy to create value these days, man. I mean, there is it doesn't matter the level you are. Everybody, everybody
0: has a problem. <laughs> everybody has a problem you can solve.
1: Yeah, exactly. The point is there's always a level above you. It doesn't matter if you are the richest or the richest people in the world, you can still help. There's a guy above you and you can still help that guy solve more problems. he pay you a lot of money for you. You can help solve basic problems for a lot of people. So either you solve a few problems for very wealthy people who reward you for that in a very high manner, or you solve a simple problem for a lot of people right? And then they reward you in small, small, small time, but the volume goes high. So that's how, that's how I like to look at it, right? When you create a business or you create anything or you solve a problem for people, it's about either solving a big problem for somebody who's already very influential organization, very big, that they need that problem solving, they reward you very much for it. Or you solve a small problem for a lot of people that they all come together and reward you for a big reward payday for yourself. So that's, that's how I look. And I think, like I, said, like I said, there's so much opportunity because remember, the one thing that's permanent in this world is change. And as far as we keep changing, there will be new problems that keep coming up. I mean, yes, technology has changed people and provided so much value, but now we have the problem where people are too addicted to technology and mm-hmm. we have a problem where it's, it's creating mental health issues because people are reading stuff, content online, and they're being bombarded with misinformation and this creating and they're seeing all these like be like, I mean, a lot of people are seeing my lifestyle and they're getting, they're, they're getting jealous and they're, and they're, they're going spreading hate and that's not how they should be. I'm, I'm doing this so that they could get inspired and they, they also understand that they can also have this life if they really work towards it. But sometimes it doesn't come off as that and people uh, get jealous and they hate and then they start developing a mental issue. And so the issue is that I've seen that happen. That's why I'm telling you. So, I mean, this mental health is a big issue right now. Australian government is passing a law where if comp- if people die working for a company or they commit suicide, I mean, while working for a company and it's, it's, it's linked to their mental health. Uh, then the company is liable for all that, 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 oh, wow. So I mean, it's becoming a real issue right now. So I'm looking to invest in the mental health space. I'm looking at opportunities all day. People are sending me decks. So I know that it's a growing space. I mean, so that's what I mean, There are all these problems that keep coming up, there is always opportunity. And if you feel that you kind of find opportunities around you change your surrounding, get exposure to a different place, pick up your bags and go spend a few days. doesn't matter what level you are in your life. You're going to, you want to live in a five star hotel, go do it. You to live in a host hostel for 10 bucks a night, go do that and solve problems. And you will find opportunities and you will be able to solve problems. So that's what I would tell people is like, there are so many problems around you and you can solve them and create tremendous value for people. And there's never a shortage of problems because as far as change is permanent, we'll keep finding new problems to come across.
0: (laughs) uh, I've heard you mention the word a few times and I want to start to wind down the conversation, but I got to ask, you know, how important is having an incredible work ethic? I think that no matter what time of the day I message you, (laughs) I've messaged you before at like 10 o'clock my time and you answer, I've messaged you at one o'clock in the afternoon, 4.30 in the morning. Like, I've, I don't know that you actually sleep, but I, one of the things I've always known about you is you've worked uh, like crazy. I mean, can you talk to us a little bit about how important it is to work for what it is that you want? Because I'm sure that none of this stuff just came to you.
1: So, I mean, so, I, mean I, I built a life which I don't need a vacation from, right? So, I built my life where freedom is my number one priority is I want to be able to be free to do what I want, when I want, and how I want. So I have built my life to a point where I have that freedom now. And yes, um, I'm always doing what I love. What I'm, I, I wanna, I'm, I reply to you when you ask because I wanna make Whitley a successful company. I wanna take Whitley to a 100 million dollar company before the end of the next 12 months. And I want it, and even bigger after that. So that's why I reply to you because I am passionate about that. I, I wanna make this space and this impact that I know we can do big things. That's why I reply, I mean, I don't have to reply to you instantly, but I do it because it's not, I, you're not asking me to do something which, don't, which I don't enjoy. If you go and ask me to clean a car or like, uh, I, I can't do that or cook, I would to do that. <laughs> I going to do that. So, because I don't enjoy cooking, I don't enjoy cleaning. So, so, but a lot of people do. I mean, my dad loves to cook. So, you know, I mean, I have built my life, life to do what I want at all times. And that's very, very important in business. If you wanna be really if you wanna be moderately successful, you can do that a lot of ways. Get involved in DeFi, get involved in finance, generally makes people a lot of money, anyways. Uh, get involved in something. And basically, you'll make moderately successful in life if you, do, if you play by the rules. But if you want to be insanely successful, then you have to work on something you love because you have to be working almost all the time. And, and you want to be, you want, I'm always looking at how I can create value for others at all times. I'm always looking at how I'm creating, that's why people know me as a lot of people come to me because they know I have this big network. And they know I can solve problems. So they know that if they have a problem, they can come to me, they can reach me and I build this reputation by solving problems in the past. But, the, uh, but I also enjoy solving these problems for people. And it's never been about doing something I never liked. So let's say if I, I'm building a company and I lost interest in that company, I, I don't work on it anymore. If the, the rules change, I've had instances before where the laws changed and they were not in the favor of the company and the founders and the co-founders of the company that I'm working with, just don't want to keep going on it. But I step back because I, I like I don't want to waste my time on this if I'm not seeing uh, I'm not seeing an outright direct way. And so there is there there's happened times with me where a lot of the companies that I'm involved with that didn't go well is because I lost interest in them and I, and I stopped working on them, and the co-founders couldn't make it a success just by themselves too. So it, it has happened. I mean, I I have the freedom today to walk away from a company because uh, I, I I don't care about it anymore. So. Uh, I do, I always work and always focus on doing what I love. And that is very, very important in life, is that if you do what you love, you will not feel like working a day in your life. So you will feel like you're enjoying what you're doing. That's why all these, some of them, that's why you're seeing all this success in the technology companies, because entrepreneurs, programmers love what they're building. So they love to do that. And they're building great great solutions, uh, problems and apps to solve problems, right? I mean, and all, I mean, I'm sure you love doing Woodley. And that's why I see you putting in that work. I, think. I mean, I still have a, I also love socializing and it, it plays well into my business. So I'm also going out a lot. I'm hosting a lot of dinners. Every city I'm in, I always have a big suite or a big villa and people are coming over to my place. So I'm also, I'm also doing a lot of these activities, but they all play into my business. They're all creating opportunities for me. So that, that, that's the idea. But I mean, there is no point, I, no point in no time where I, if, if if i if i lose a lot if i have i have had instances where i've closed businesses overnight for a significant loss high six figures that it was that overnight wiped out just because i didn't i didn't want to spend another minute on this business i was like this is it i'm not interested in this anymore so i can afford to take that loss and i'm going to walk away right and that's that's a lot of people can't do that i understand that but you but you, if you if you focus if you're not I don't run after money and I've never run after money I've always run after doing what I love and creating value so the money has always been a byproduct so that's that's what has put me here so is that always do what you love and I mean that's how I see it I mean also I mean um um about your sleep part where I don't sleep I mean sleep to me is like this 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 system that you've been told that you sleep from 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. to 5 6 a.m. then wake up. This, to me, this doesn't apply. And I, I learned this from my own experience of traveling so much. I was doing 120 flights every year for five years. I was changing cities and countries, sometimes 10 cities in 10 days. Sometimes every three, four days, the city would be changed. And the time zones were changing fast. So I realized that I don't really need to follow the schedule. I can work when I want. And I work from when I open my eyes to when I close my eyes. And I can sleep when I want. So I don't need to go to sleep at 10 p.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. Because like I said, I don't have responsibilities. I don't have to go to school or a job. Uh, so I, I, I can do what I want. And that, that allows me to be able to sleep only when I'm tired. So I can push myself more and only sleep when I need the sleep. I don't need to actually sleep at a certain time and wake up at a certain time and do something certain. Uh, the, if the only thing that's certain in life is like interviews and calls and speeches, which I am still able to move around uh, to, my, to my flexibility. So that's, that's another thing I tell people like, a lot of the things that people tell you to do and processes that have been set in place today it has been made by people who are no more smarter than you are. So, I mean, I don't know who invented the sleep schedule that you sleep at this time and you wake up at this time. <laughs> uh, but I don't believe that guy was smarter than us and smarter than us anyway. So, I mean, maybe I'll have a different impact because there's, there's studies done that impact sleep and how it impacts your life. But I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm growing still pretty fast. So, I mean, and there's new studies coming out. There's, I, I also believe a lot in science. I'm a belie- big believer in science and, and research, and we are seeing research being done that and in and medical innovation going so fast, so forward, that uh, we, can, we can pretty much fix a lot of the things that will break. I mean, I mean you're hearing about this new, how now people are like, like changing DNA to an extent. Like, So I mean, there's, 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 there's this, this thing called, I mean, a test tube baby's coming out. You can design a, the kid before he's even born, what eyes he has, everything. So, I mean, things you can change around. So, I mean, I also believe in that. So uh, health has never been my biggest focus. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be obese or have a big fat st- st- tummy, but I always eat healthy. I always eat good food, always top 40 food, but I do sacrifice on, as an entrepreneur, it's important. I think you have to sacrifice on your sleep a little bit if you wanna be successful uh, and if you, if you wanna be insanely successful. And that's why you're one of the big guys saying that they, wanna, they have to work 80, 100 hours a week Uh, I have uh, pretty much the same, similar work. ethic. I'm never offline. I'm never disconnected. I lose a phone. I buy a new one right away. But so like that's, so that I think is still there. It's just that I do it while I'm doing what I love and with the freedom I want. And if I want to change my surroundings, I change my surroundings. I want to go to a different place. I fly right away. So, I mean, that's the idea.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Last, uh, last thing uh, and something that has come up in, uh, no matter what question I've asked you, I've, I've, I've heard you mention some variation of this. How important is it to develop relationships with people along the, along the way? I've heard you talk about people that, uh, you know, right now it's easy to access people. It's easy to access influence. It's easy to access expertise. It's easy to access information. Um, but how have relationships changed your life and, and, and developing relationships uh, on your journey? How has that had, you know, a big impact on you?
1: So, I mean, um, I, I believe in karma and I, be, I, I think I'm pretty blessed. Uh, I'm blessed a lot. So I have had a success from such an early age. So I want to I give back. And that's why um, I think today you're, you're at a point where you can reach out to people directly on the internet. You can do that. And most you will not get replies every time, but you'll get a lot of the replies that you're looking for. So it's only about being consistent and being uh, persistent. You want to keep doing it and you want to do it continuously and you will get responses that much. I can guarantee you, if you are persistent and consistent, you'll get responses. But me personally, I'm at this point where now I'm blessed by a lot of people. And a big part of that is that I had a lot of people helping me when I was young. And so now, I mean, that's why I keep building my network because it's really important. If you want people as an investor, my success depends on my deal flow. As most investors are not successful because their deal flow is limited. They don't even hear about, like I told you, I was early into virtual reality. I was early into mobile apps. I was early into Bitcoin. And all of these technologies have come and changed the world. I am still early AI and machine learning. I'm coming in now. I still don't consider myself an expert in that by any, by any length. I'm, I'm learning more and I still consider myself early in that space. And these, all these technologies have come and changed the world. But how did I come across these opportunities, uh, technologies? How did I find out about them was by networking, Was by meeting people, somebody else telling me about it. Somebody else sending me Bitcoin for a purchase or, or literally just to refer and earn free Bitcoin for himself. So that's, that's how I heard about it. It's through my network and P, and the reason why I'd li- I prefer to do it. So today you can do it a lot of it online with the systems, but I personally prefer to do it in person because I want to treat people. I want to invite them for dinners. I want to invite them on a night out. I want to make them have a good time because people always remember how you make them feel. They will forget everything else what you told them, what you do, how you do, or how you do it, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So if you can make people f- always treat people right and make them have a great time and the time that they spend with you, make sure that they leave happier, more educated, and more val- they value the time with you, they will always remember that. So that's why I like to network a lot and I make sure that I focus on having a great time when I'm doing it, I don't want to network in a I go to a lot of conferences, give speeches, but I don't I like to network in conferences. i rather network in a restaurant. I'd rather invite people to dinners. I, I, that's why and build these communities where you, you bring other people together and then other people and think about how powerful this is. All these other people, you made you made introductions to a met on your dinner, and then they would go and do something. And then they meet other people and they ask them, how did you two guys meet? And then they say, we met at Evan's dinner. We met at Evan's house or like, So you have all these people in the world who are basically referring you further and further and further. So that's why I also believe in networking in, uh, in person and always focusing on making sure people have a great time. So taking them out and treats and stuff is how you do it. Right. I mean, so that's Then that's very, very important because then these people think of you and come back to you and bring you opportunities. Then they bring you opportunities. A lot of people know a lot of rich people, right? I have friends, who are working in technology, and they know a lot of rich people, but they come to me when they want to start a company or they want to start a new company, even though they don't need my money. They come to me because of the time that they have spent with me. And they consider me a friend and a great friend. They say, Evan, I'm doing this deal. And I've had this, this is a real instance I'm telling you, where I had a friend call me one day and this guy was already very successful himself. He already had a very, very successful company. He's already worth a hundred million dollars plus range. And then he's called me like, Evan, I have a company I'm building that um, you can invest a little bit of money. In if you're interested, and I said, okay, where's the, where do I send the money? And I had so much trust in this guy. I sent him without even hearing anything about the company. And I sent him $10,000, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't need the money. So he was not going to let me invest a lot more. He basically capped me at 10 grand. He was doing a small friends and family round to let his friends and family get a share in the success that he's going to do, because he knew he was going to be successful. He had that mindset of success. I knew he was going to be successful because of all the past success he had had. So I took that bet. I mean, it was still a very high-risk investment. There's no, there's no the contract literally says there's no guarantee on return on investment. This company could manage tomorrow. Uh but like that company is over two million dollars. My shares are worth over two million dollars today. From ten thousand dollars to two million dollars. You can do the maths. So I mean, uh that's that's the idea. that guy called me up because he had a great time. Uh, when he spent his time with me and I made sure he had a wonderful time and I made sure when he had, when he was traveling, when he had problems in India, I helped, I fixed his problem and helped him out. So basically, it's like favors, right? That's how, the favors is an age-old business concept. You, you, the people at the highest levels, at the highest, at a lower level, you want to get something from somebody, you ask them, this is my rate, I want you, okay, you want me to solve this problem for you? It's going to cost you this much. That's how the average person thinks. When people reach out for help, the average person thinks like, okay, I'm gonna solve your problem, but this is how much it's gonna cost you. And I've seen the people at the very, very highest level, they never ask for money, they earn favors. Because they rather earn favors because they know the guy they're helping, that guy could be of use to them in the future. So the mindset changes that level and I have changed my mindset to that level too where I am earning favors now. I'm earning favors from very influential people that have helped me when I have come across troubles in my life. And this is already proven true today. I've had troubles in, random stuff uh, and I've had those favors come in helpful because I was able to help that guy sometime in the past with some investment advice about how to get involved in cryptocurrencies. The reason why I talk about, I mean, you know, i am invested in a hundred different startups and I don't talk about a lot of them on, the, on my social media because uh, I have a million followers, but none of them can get access to the opportunity to be able to invest in these startups. They, don't, they can't invest in them. It's probably not gonna be useful to one, 990,000 of them the what I post. But I always post about Bitcoin because you can go and spend $10 and buy Bitcoin today. And everybody, literally every single person who has listened to me has come back and thanked me and saying, thank you for telling me to buy Bitcoin because you changed my life. I made my first hundred thousand dollars. You received messages of the people that made their first million because they, at some point in my journey of last four years, since I've been talking about Bitcoin publicly, they bought it and they have it has changed their life in such a big way. And anybody can do it. You have $10. You can go and buy Bitcoin right now for $10. You don't even need to have more money to do that. I'm telling you myself, I got $5 free in Bitcoin, $5 free in Bitcoin for referring a friend to Coinbase in 2015. I got $5 free in Bitcoin. That $5 is $350 today, more than $350. So literally a $5 investment is $350. So Somebody whose $5 is a lot to invest could be that much in the, last, in the next six years. So if I kept it in U.S. dollar, it would probably be the purchasing, power would have gone down by 20% by now. So, I mean, that's my point. And that's the reason why I, have, I keep posting about crypto and I keep educating people in the masses that, hey, you have this opportunity to get involved in the biggest wealth transfer ever. It's a trillion dollar asset. It's almost as big as silver. So it's not a joke anymore, but it's still early. It's still early because there is still... 95% of the world, I would say, actually even more who, do, who doesn't hold cryptocurrency.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: but I have been to places like Japan and Korea where 50% of the population holds it, over half the country. So I have that exposure and I'm trying to share that exposure with you to make you also understand that you also have that opportunity. So that, that's, that's, the, that's the idea here. So I mean, yeah. that's the reason why I post this is to be able to add value to the people that I'm not even meeting in person who are just following me uh, to be able to add value to their lives, so someday later, if I ask them for need, and I ask my followers, and they are there to help me out because I helped change their lives, and yeah. all I have to do is I was to post a story and share my mindset and things I come across as a story. It doesn't t- cost me money. It doesn't take a lot of my time. So why not, right?
0: Man, I love it. Man, I appreciate you being on the show so much. This has been—I uh, got a page full of you know amazing takeaways, and I, I think that people listening to this. Uh, whenever they are, uh, you know, definitely are going to get some incredible, incredible wisdom from this. And so if you're listening to this right now, you got to go follow uh, on Instagram at Evan Luthra. Uh, definitely connect with this man. Uh, follow his journey. Uh, you you definitely may become a little envious of the lifestyle, but he's always putting out really good content and sharing his wisdom. Evan, the show is words of wisdom. So if we were uh, coming down to the end of your life today, what parting words of wisdom would you want shared? What is something that right now you feel is just so important for people to know as we uh, leave the show?
1: I mean, I already talked a lot of stuff already, so I don't want to repeat that same stuff. I could tell you, maybe you want me to tell maybe one of my other secrets to success, which I didn't get time to talk about. Uh, So that would be called leverage. Learn how to leverage time, money, code, and capital to work for you. Leverage of code is when you build something that can be used by a billion people. So that's how, why technology is so great today, build uh, leverage, using code, leverage, using money, how to use money to work for you so you can f- buy more time and you can get money to do things for you. And the money grows and money grows and money grows on itself. Leverage of, ca- of, of labor, how to get other people's time to work for you. I have 200 full time employees working for me and then thousands more indirectly in companies like Whitley and etc. where I'm invested in, where, they are putting in time and effort that I get a share of that success too. So learn to leverage. If you learn how to leverage to your benefit, you will have tremendous success in life. Um, I already talked about a lot of the other things like vision, be enthusiastic, what you do, feel free to ask, nimble, move fast, break things. I will tell people, Evan, like you can spell it, E for enthusiasm, V for vision, A for ask, and N for nimble. So remember these four things and you will have a pretty good life. And anybody watching this, I mean, if you want, if you, if, you, if you're interested, always welcome to reach out to me at evan at evanluther.com. You can follow me on Instagram. I don't get to see all the messages, like a lot of DMs, but don't be envious. The idea is to inspire you and you can have that exact same life because I started from nowhere and that's where I am today. So there, it's, you have 100% the same opportunity to do this exact same life. Uh, and yeah, if I can ever be of any help, if, you, if, you're having a, if you're building a company, starting up a company, have an idea also available, would be great if you think of me and reach out and I would love to invest in emerging entrepreneurs and seeing how I can add value to them. Thank you so much. I really appreciate people who watch till the end.
0: Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on the show and thank you guys for listening to this episode of word words of wisdom. I'm excited to bring on more uh, guests like Evan uh, that can hopefully help uh, transform your life and and help you have the absolute best mindset so that you can live your best life. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Words of Wisdom. This is a show designed to inspire you to become a better leader so that you can win in all areas of your life. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Please rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, go off and share your favorite words of wisdom from today's show.